You are listening to The Counselor's Chair, a podcast where we explore all things human, mental health, psychology, philosophy, and a few extras. We are excited you're with us for this episode, which is the first of two episodes where we discuss the ins and outs of depression and ways to cope. Be sure to check us out on all forms of social media and visit our YouTube channel at The Counselor's Chair. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Alright guys, welcome back to the Traverse Counseling Services podcast. Um, we've actually come up with a name for the podcast, uh, so uh, it's on YouTube and it's on Android and um, uh, Apple podcast as the counselor's chair. You know, I thought that was kind of witty and kind of cool at the same time yeah. and give you give you a perspective from the chair of a counselor. It just um, makes sense. It does make sense. It totally <laughs> makes sense. And um, for for our second podcast, we actually decided to refer to a blog that we recently put out. Um, that's blog, not not vlog. It's uh, you can find it on our website with a B, mm-hmm. and that'll be included in the link on the YouTube videos and in the podcast as well. So you'll be able to find that. Um, but the the it was an article that I sat down to do. I was going to do maybe five or seven different ways that you can deal with or cope with depression or fight with the symptoms of depression if you're feeling them, whether they're weather related or mood disorder related or grief related. Um, all of the all of the symptoms of depression seem to present themselves in those cases. Uh, so I sat down to do that and it wound up turning into 20 things. Um, <laughs> that you could do uh, to fight with depression. So you definitely get your bang for your your buck, especially since it's free. So um, what we're going to do is we're actually going to do a little primer on depression, talk a little bit about depression um, and what that actually is, what that, what that word means, uh, both clinically and non-clinically. So we'll touch base on those things. And then we're going to just go through these 20 different things. Uh, I, I think we're going to go for probably an hour today. Um, or, or somewhere in there, 40 minutes to an hour, some, yeah. some, see where we land, see where we're feeling good, try and get through uh, a good portion of the points, but my guess is we're going to have a second, uh, a second follow-up episode to this. Yeah. Um, so we're not pressured just to run through all of them in 40 minutes and, and right. briefly hit on them. So. It can be overwhelming when you see it three hour long <laughs> yeah podcast so. oh absolutely yeah so we'll, we'll break it into segments and so it's a little easier to digest <clears throat> um, plus it give, might give people some time to uh, to just kind of delve into some of these things a little bit at a time yeah absolutely yeah you may want to pick a few of them and, and try them out for a week or two uh, it'll be probably another week or two before we get the next the next series out to you guys so right. or the next part of the series out to you guys so um I guess to to kick it off, um, it's a great question. Well, what is depression? Um, you know, it's a it's a very popular word nowadays. Um, I think 50 years ago, uh, there was a lot of stigma around the symptoms associated with depression, um, and most likely the the usage of the word even. Uh, so, in more recent times, the stigma has dropped. Uh, at least substantially enough for us to openly talk about it, which is great. Yep. And uh, but but there's still some curiosity around what that what that is, especially between generations. Uh, I think that that's that's one of the common um, 
the common disconnects is between generations. Uh, you haven't, maybe some of the older generations aren't so familiar with it. Some of the younger generations may be mm-hmm. um, familiar with that with that word and the terminology. So we'll we'll kind of jump in there. I'll give some of my perspective out of the gate, and, and Andrew, feel free to chime in or follow up. Sure. However you want to with that. Um, so what what I see as uh, depression in, in both clinical and non-clinical sense is something that is affecting your mood and causing your mood to be uh, both there's an irregularity with it but also um, low uh, a sad mood mm-hmm. a saddened state is I think the the best layman term right. to put to it right. um, but there are there are symptoms that go along with that and typically what you're going to see is uh, it's a word called anhedonia mm-hmm. um, anhedonia uh, is the, the the one that most people refer to, though they don't know they're referring to that word, or they're usually defining it right. by lack of motivation to do things that you typically would enjoy doing or typically have no problem doing. Um, mm-hmm. It's you may want to completely retreat, stay in your bed, or you may want to just sit on the couch, eat pleasure foods, or yeah. watch Netflix. Though yeah. those things are fun, even if you're not depressed. <laughs> right. Right. Or not eat at all. Yeah, or not eat at all, absolutely. Um, that you find yourself disinterested, whether you really enjoy working out, whether you usually go, enjoy going to work, or you enjoy social uh, engagements, or maybe you enjoy reading. You enjoy these things that, call, that, that pull on you mentally and that you have to focus to do. Um, you may enjoy those things, but when you're when you're feeling depressed, that's one of the that's one of the primary symptoms. That you're finding it very very difficult to engage in things that you would typically enjoy or have no trouble doing um, if you weren't depressed. Um, so that's one of the major markers that I look for in a counseling session if if someone is concerned about depression. Um, some of the other ones um, we're looking at decrease appetite or increased appetite mm-hmm. um, and some people with that decreased or increased appetite are going to see I think the DSM now uh, says a 15% increase in weight or decrease in weight I think they've yep. actually put percentages around that right. yep. um, I can fact check that but I'm pretty sure those are the percent percentages uh, that are listed um, so you see you see fluctuation in appetite you see fluctuation in weight um, we also um, see an increased desire to sleep. Uh, you may find yourself sleeping at the times that you typically wouldn't sleep. Um, and you can also find yourself um, with symptoms of insomnia mm-hmm. and not sleeping when you would really love to sleep. Right. Um, so yeah. uh, sleep patterns are really get disrupted mm-hmm. uh, with this with depression. Um, some of the other ones that we're looking for as well. Um, one of the ones that's typically overlooked by both counselor and client um, or anybody is uh, is increased excessive or inappropriately placed blame or guilt. Yep. Um, so <clears throat> things that you wouldn't typically feel guilty for or things that you might typically feel guilty for or blame yourself for whether that's failure to perform or not doing well in a relationship or seeing yourself um, falter a little bit at work or something along those lines 
or it could be something in the past, it could be something you're anxious about in the future and already blaming yourself for having failed, um, but blaming yourself for a sense of failure in the past as well. Yeah, regret, like a a high sense of regret. You're gonna see an increase in that and the marker that I think I I always look towards is, um, it's the the terminology that's used is inappropriately placed um, or excessive. So guilt is not necessarily the worst of emotions. It lets us know when we're doing something wrong, but when guilt starts morphing into shame and that shame is just lingering, uh, then we're we're hitting some of the right. some of the markers for depression there. Yeah, one of the um, the one of the ways that I label it sometimes with clients is the lies your mind will tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, just getting just getting trapped in, in pretty much irrational thoughts. Um, so mm-hmm. sometimes it helps to even ask, you know, or the the thoughts that you're having about yourself about the past, the things you can't change, mm-hmm. um, you know, are those, is there truth to those thoughts that sometimes feed the depression? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, uh, absolutely. And, you know, one of the, another one of the things that can really play into that too, especially if you're a pretty active person, mm-hmm. um, one of the symptoms of depression is psychomotor agitation or mm-hmm. retardation is the word that's used clinically uh, and what that means is that your psychomotor skills feel slowed uh, and if you've dealt with serious bouts of depression before you, we see this in some of the more severe mm-hmm. um, cases you know what we're talking about but really it feels like things are maybe moving in slow motion for you or um, you're you're feeling a, a sort of mental windedness I guess like that heaviness is maybe. yeah like a heaviness that's mm-hmm. affecting you uh, physically not just psychologically but you're actually seeing some physical slowdown your response time is not as quick right. um, and that can go for speech uh, as well it's not uh, when, we, when we look at that psychomotor agitation it can be speech um, sometimes auditory as well though that's a little more rare um, but yeah so that's one of the things in that that can really, uh, you can really get down on yourself at it. Some thoughts will float around like, man, I can't even control my body. I can't even control what's going on right, right now. And that shame cycle kicks in. And, right, because it, it affects performance. Oh, yeah. Both in, in relationships and your job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, if you're an athlete, you know. Yeah, oh, absolutely, man. So um, probably some of the other important ones too are uh, well probably one of the more important ones that people don't like to talk about as much though I try and openly talk about with my clients is thoughts of death mm-hmm. um, and sometimes it, it's not suicidal thoughts like you, it's not necessarily um, that you want to go out and attempt suicide uh, mm-hmm. or that you're you're racing uh, with suicidal thoughts it can it can be thoughts of your own mortality it can be thoughts of hopelessness or helplessness it's another symptom mm-hmm. that are creating a sense of man I, I wish I could just go to sleep and not wake up right. that's one that I hear a lot yeah. or I wish I could just sleep for like a week and then right. just wake up and everything be fine yeah. um, which unfortunately is not the case right yeah. yeah yeah absolutely as we'll talk about and I think one of the one of the points on the on the blog is trying to keep a regular sleep pattern and, mm-hmm. and keep a regular calendar um, and at least maintain baseline. Uh, but we'll talk we'll talk more about that for sure. So those those are the symptoms of depression. Um, and and I think I might be I don't know if I'm missing any in there. Um, but those are certainly the ones that present the most. Right. Um, yeah. Oh, um, you'll see some you'll see some relational impacts. 
obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of these some of these symptoms you're not going to see on your own. You're actually going to see uh, what you'll hear other people uh, giving you that feedback. Uh, right. So we we take that into consideration as counselors too. Well, what, what are your family members saying about the state that you're in, or yep. you know, what are your friends or what are your coworkers seeing? And uh, sometimes those friends, coworkers, family members are so close that they're going to see that shift and mention something to you. I mean, if it seems like something's off, you seem really tired, yep. seem kind of slower in your speech. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what what's going on there. Yep. Um, that's a that's certainly another one. So um, when we talk about depression clinically uh, from a clinical angle clinical depression or a clinical mood disorder <coughs> excuse me um, sorry about that um, we're um, when we're talking about depression in the clinical sense we're looking for uh, we're looking to hit the mark on about seven of those symptoms. Yep. Um, that's what we're that's what we're going to define more closely to a mood disorder, um, or or <coughs> maybe um, or maybe some very complicated grief as right. well. I think we'll see some of those yeah. symptoms as well. But I think when people use the term depression, by and at large, they're talking about any one of those symptoms. Um, sadness. Ah, that's it's the other one uh, that I missed um, sadness they're talking you or a family member or a friend talking about depression you're typically talking about any one of those symptoms or a combination of those symptoms and I wanted to be clear in this blog actually that there are a number of different ways uh, there are a number of different venues that those symptoms creep in um, whether it's major life transitions, whether it's the season, um, mm-hmm. like I said, grief. complicated grief, yes, mm-hmm. mood disorders, whether that's major depressive disorder or bipolar. Situational, yeah. um, loss of job, yep. even moving. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it? There's like the, the top five highest stressors in a person's life. It's oh, yeah. like, um, like grief and divorce and mm-hmm. moving and losing a job and yeah. I can't just I, I, I can't remember some of the other ones mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Um, any of those could be mirrored with with symptoms of depression uh, yeah. absolutely even if you've spent an extended amount of time in another state another country another city and you're coming back home yep. even that transition um, that it yeah, can present. any kind of adjustment yeah really um, so so I'd, one of the things that we also hit on was seasons. Seasons seem to actually have an effect on people. I know that it has an effect on me, um, mm-hmm. and and some of my loved ones and friends also note that same thing. It's, it, right. Sometimes when you move into the the late fall, winter, early spring, when things are dark. Uh, rains. rains. We've been getting a lot of rain. Gosh. In the southeast, <laughs> it just dumps buckets of rain. Out west, it just snows. Uh, and then up north, it's just dark. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it yep. snows. Uh, mm-hmm. So um, all of that, all of that can very much affect mood. And a lot of times, we're not getting outside enough. We're not seeing the sun enough. That that actually plays a role yep. in our mood. Not getting vitamin D, mm-hmm. yeah, which is another thing we'll talk about today, as far as vitamins yep. being a helpful thing. Yep. Um, so yeah, th- there's a there's a myriad of different venues for depressive symptoms to show themselves, and so we want you to be aware of what they are. Um, as as clinicians, we really try and stay on top of that and the research behind it, um, and also want to note that that. Um, 
a seasonal affective disorder is an actual disorder that is, that mm-hmm. is a real thing and and so these symptoms can present um, based on seasons of the year as well so that's not just some some made-up thing that we have some right we have some uh, research to back that now in the last decade I feel like one of the stigmatisms with seasonal affective might be that it's an excuse right um, you know, um, somebody might deny the reality of it, but like you said, it is a it is an actual researched um, you know symptom and you know thing that thing that can come up in a person's mm-hmm. life. Oh, absolutely. So, so don't you know? I mean, don't feel shame. You know, if you do feel a little more melancholy, a little more like uh, Eeyore from the from Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, during uh, the winter months or the yeah. dark rainy season or or whatever is going on in your area. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and you know, if you take anything away from this episode, I think one of the main things that I'd like you to take away, whether it's for yourself, friend, or family member, um, is uh, is to not. Uh, as, what what is a good way to say it? Don't pretend that it's not happening. Right. Uh, that that is detrimental to you in the moment, but it's also detrimental to the future you, because the the future you would benefit from you accepting what's going on and trying to do something about it, and also mapping it. It's like you can look back over the last four or five years of something I I typically do with my clients. We'll look back over the last four or five years and say, when can you, when when can we see, or when can you see that this emerged? What times of year, what seasons, maybe what brought this up, what triggered it? Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe there's things in the past that sort of dropped up emotions, deaths, um, uh, maybe you were serving in the military at that right. time, uh, any sort of tragedy. Um, mm-hmm. Your body kind of keeps clock and keeps score of those things and can represent them on anniversaries. Yeah. Uh, but if you're aware, uh, and, and not sticking your head in the sand on this one, if you're aware of it, then you can actually prepare for it, which is right. something that I really, really um, encourage my clients to mm-hmm. do um, and, and anybody I, I talk to who's experiencing depression. So that's what these these 20 things that we're going to go over over the next you know two two hours broken into segments these 20 things hopefully uh, if you can kind of work with your own depression or what you're feeling and map this out you can kind of use any one of these 20 things or a bunch of these 20 things or all 20 things to mm-hmm. to increase the likelihood that you will manage the depressive episode well um, or as well as possible. Right. Yeah, so I guess without further ado, we can just jump right in. That seems like a good primer. Yep. Anything you feel like we should hit on that, that we missed in all of that, Andrew? I don't think so, man. Let's jump into it. Yeah, let's do. Um, so uh, we'll just kind of go straight through the list. Um, the first one, uh, if you have the block pulled up, if you don't, that's fine. It's called Show Me the Light. Uh, and I, I put this in at number one because, at least in the southeast, I think people are pretty unfamiliar with this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I lived in Rhode Island for a time and I did internships in Massachusetts. It seems like people in New England <clears throat> were a little bit more aware of light therapy or once called phototherapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's if you're if you're watching with us today on YouTube, there's these 
there are these therapy lights that are about as big as this book or as big as an actually they're about the same size of a, as an iPad a full-size one they come in different size ranges as well and, and price ranges anywhere from 30 to 70 dollars but essentially you set this thing up for 15 to 30 minutes in the in the morning and you do it uh, you kind of set it off to the side of your face and it, it shines a light in your peripheral whether you're scrolling on your phone or you're reading a book or you're having a cup of coffee um, you're trying to get into your day whatever your morning routine is or even some people will use it in the evening as well depending on what your schedule looks like but yep. you set this thing up you set it in the peripheral and you go about your business with this thing about 24 inches depending on the brightness of the light 24 inches away from you um, and um, it's it's shown to be very effective for uh, bringing about a more positive mood and bringing about some energy especially when it's when it's dark, when it's typically dark out in the morning or it's been overcast for a week. Yeah, it, it really helps with people, especially who work swing shift mm -hmm. or third shift where your, you know, your circadian rhythm is, is thrown off. Mm -hmm. um, your sleep cycles are, are thrown off. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, and then obviously with, with, with seasonal things as mm -hmm. well. Yeah, essentially, this thing mimics having a window, like a, a standard size window, with sun shining through it, as right. if you were sitting in the room. That's that's right. basically what this thing is gonna mimic. Right. Um, Do you know if it actually gives you any kind of vitamin D, is that possible? Or, um, I don't, or I is don't. it just kind of telling your brain that you're getting the, mm -hmm. I, I assume it's some kind of UV? Well, I, I, so I think some of the older ones were UV. Okay. The ones now are an LED. Um, okay. And as far as I'm aware, you're not going to get any nutritional value from that. However, um, it is that second thing that you said, as far as kind of triggering, triggering your brain and prompting your brain that, hey, it, it's daylight out, it's time to get this thing rolling. Okay. Uh, and it does get some chemicals moving around uh, sure. moving around that are pretty necessary to start your maybe day. Maybe increase some serotonin. Yeah, yeah. So okay. I, um, so that's one of the that's one of the, the one of the easiest things that you can do. Honestly, it doesn't require mental fortitude. It just requires consistency. Right. Um, <clears throat> one of the things I will mention with this, it's something you have to taper to. Um, if you have bipolar disorder, you really have to monitor yourself if you're doing this in a depressive state because there, um, I've heard stories, uh, I've read papers on how if you're not careful with how much you expose yourself to this light, it can put you into a manic um, episode or bring you up to, well, to mania. Not heard that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that makes so, sense though. Yeah, so you have huh. to be careful if, if you've been diagnosed with bipolar disorder using the light. You can still use it, but especially talk, talk to your psychiatrist or talk to your counselor, talk to your primary care physician, um, and they may be able to suggest a regimen, though most of the lights actually come with a regimen. They'll tell you how to taper. Don't just start with 45 minutes a day. Um, I've used one of these things before and I didn't know about the taper. <laughs> oh man, I, I, I OD'd on yeah, the, I the blasted, therapy light. <laughs> I blasted it for about 35 minutes and I stood up and I was jittery. Like I had drank like three cups of coffee you or probably something. Probably had a sunburn like too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Um, so make sure you regimen it, but it, it is a it's it can be powerful. Like it doesn't work for everyone. Uh, that's 
Um, I don't want to say it's some sort of blanket remedy. Yeah, it's um, not a cure-all. Right. Um, I mean, there's and there's any one of these things can can help. Uh, you know, someone you know manage depression, like you said. But it, it really uh, an aspect of this and what we're going over. It kind of takes a lifestyle choice mm-hmm. to 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 set a tone of make or ha- creating ha- healthy habits for mm-hmm. yourself. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, if you already, you know, have a moderately decent diet and move around and some other of these things that we're going to be talking about, if you already do some of these things, I mean, this could be like a the, the icing on the cake, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But don't think that, that this one thing is just going to just solve the problem, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so. absolutely. Uh, so I, that's, that's kind of... Again, a, a very tangible way that you can do this in a relatively cheap way. I don't know if Amazon maps this out over the year, but I know this year they actually discounted all of their therapy lamps. That's um, really cool. This time of year, yeah, they <laughs> dropped them all by like $25, $30. So the most expensive light that's usually like $110, um, that it was dropped down to I think 70 or 75 or something. And some of the smaller portable ones, the battery-powered ones, you don't have to plug them in. Um, you can take them with you. You can bring them to work uh, and just set it there for you know, 15, 30 minutes at your right. cubicle, your desk, wherever yep. you are. Yep, they're a little bit smaller. They're a little cheaper. But yeah, check out Amazon. If you go to the blog, you'll see I've included a couple links in the blog as far as what you can pursue there. So um, the next one on the list, which I think is actually another very practical one that doesn't take a lot of, um, it doesn't really take a lot of, uh, it doesn't take practice. It doesn't take a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's hit play on something. And that's uh, music um, shows and movies. Those shows, that one it may take a little bit more effort. Uh, but music and movies, I've worked with, uh, countless clients who have developed a playlist for themselves that that it's encouraging music or it's music that reminds them of a very positive time in their life it's an artist that inspires them it's a musical genre that it that inspires them Uh, but they create a playlist on whatever media source they have whether it's their youtube channel spotify itunes um apple music sorry it's itunes is sort of obsolete now apple music um myspace myspace (laughs) (laughs) pandora um any any of those you know, any of those uh, will will be fine. You can access those music, and what's great is you might be able to ask somebody access somebody else's too by a simple like search of depression playlists, uh, yeah. which is really cool. And I'm, I'm, yeah, a lot of these, uh, a lot of the um, outlets, musical outlets you listed, a lot of them will just have like certain like mood uh, playlists already. Mm-hmm. I think Spotify has uh, has a, a lot of myriad of, of mood playlists. Oh yeah, you know, so absolutely, absolutely. And uh, what I would maybe steer away from, though, the occasional like relate to my depression type of song mm-hmm. Simon and Garfunkel like, <laughs> we should have started this we should have started this podcast know, with that right. song yeah I mean I, you could listen to that song and maybe you relate to something in it it kind of soothes some of that depression uh, but I would not I wouldn't recommend spending a lot of time in dark music if you're depressed um, uh, uplifting music has a can have a positive uh, can have a positive impact on the mood, and if you want to try that, you know, when you're not depressed, just throw on you know your favorite 
uh, like white snake in the car or something <laughs> on the way to work <laughs> and uh, roll the windows down and jam out I mean it, you, you can feel oats. Yeah, you, can, you can feel those shifts in your mood uh, and we've all I'm sure heard music before that kind of put us in a solemn or more pensive mood and so maybe those are some things that you may want to stay away from when you're depressed shows this is actually a really cool one uh, if you're near a major city um, and even if you're not near a major city, sometimes you know high schools will put on productions and stuff like that. But if you're near a major city, usually there's some sort of theater, some sort of orchestra, mm -hmm. uh, something that you can pay five to ten bucks to show up at one night and pop in, listen to a symphony that was uh, written by somebody who may have dealt with a mood disorder because a lot of those composers yeah. actually did. Or may, addiction. Yeah, or addiction. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Uh, or a, a, like a, a play um, with, with some sort of redemptive theme mm -hmm. in it can have a really positive, um, really positive impact. Yeah, do some research, though. They yeah. can have a very negative yeah, impact. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Definitely do some research, dude. Look at some reviews. Uh, but, but what's great about the show context is this, and it could be a movie as well. Like, you go out to, to see a movie in a theater. Um you're going to be around people uh, without necessarily the expectation of socially engaging with people. Being around people is an important uh, an important part of impacting your mood positively when you're depressed. I mean, Absolutely. You're, you're going to want to, ah, another symptom that I missed, isolation. Ah, uh, yeah. You're going to want to isolate if you're depressed. You're not really going to want to be around anyone, whether that's you don't want to be found out about what you're going through or you just don't have the mental energy to put out there. Um, so. This is a great thing where you can be around people and be in a, in a social context without the expectation of engaging yep. with everybody around you. Uh, so that's, that's also a really positive thing about going to see a movie or going to see a show. Um, all right, you may also have a movie that you want to pop on at home that has a more redemptive message in it that could shift your mood as well. Or watching something like Friends. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Just can like, or The Office or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, comedy. Yeah. Yeah, you know, comedy. Like, get some comedy <laughs> oh, in your life. Get some laughs. Something lighthearted. Um, the the effects of laughter on mood that pretty well yeah. documented to to yeah. to increase that mood. So just be mindful of binge watching um, mm -hmm. because you know I mean binge watching. You know sometimes we just need those days, and I think it's okay as 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 long as it's few and far between. But binge watching can actually lead to uh, furthering your depression. Mm -hmm. Because you're not really using your brain. You're the the like all the thinking is done on screen. You're not creating any uh, plot or narrative or thinking through anything. You're basically, I mean, would you say that you're kind of disassociating a little bit if you just get lost in um, in a TV show for hours and hours? Sure. Yeah. I I think that if you're if you're lost in it for hours and hours and hours, you're you're certainly disconnecting from the reality around you. Right. You're you're going to have to face it again. Right. Um, yep. The longer you spend out of it, maybe the harder. That's a good way of thinking about it. Like yeah. the longer you spend out of reality, the harder the transition uh, that right. you're met with. Yeah, um, just it becomes an unhealthy form of coping, just like addiction or oversleeping or overeating. Just any of the any of the symptoms that you would want to do during a depressive state, which sometimes. Um, you know, feed the depression mm -hmm. versus the things that we're talking about help you uh, cope and hopefully uh, essentially pull out of the depressive state. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, and I'll I, I skip down a little bit. Um, if you're looking along by chance with the blog, I'm skipping down to something that I think 
goes a little more seamless with this movie show's music, and that's podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not to shamelessly plug ours, <laughs> though. Hey, <laughs> you are listening to one. Um, at, um, Andrew introduced me to podcasts three, three years ago, something yeah. like that. I had heard about them, hadn't given them the time of day yeah. uh, until I did give them the time of day. Then they got plenty of time in my day, yeah. plenty of time in my day and in my evenings. Uh, podcasts are an excellent resource, um, whether you're dealing with depression or not. Excuse me. Basically, you have free information coming to you um, from experts yeah. uh, scholars God, business people self help I mean just uh, everything yeah. <laughs> I mean yep uh, you name it it's out there comedy mm-hmm. I mean, you can you can find a podcast for anything and this is one of the ones I love too because you can integrate it with your kids like if you have kids uh, which I know a lot of you may. It, I know some of the things that we're suggesting that are a little more difficult to do or to integrate. Podcasts are not so difficult to integrate with kids because there's no. kids' podcasts out there, plenty yeah. of them. One of my favorites with our kids is one called Wow in the World. It's a PBS production, and it's peppy. It's fun. I enjoy it. My kids enjoy it, and it makes. Um, I know my wife plays it on the way to st- dropping the kids off to school in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, man, like, it makes it makes things smoother, which is helpful with depression. But also, uh, you get to learn things. You, there's like a you almost feel connected to a sort of community since a lot of people follow these things as yep. well. Um, so, podcasts. Whether they're informational, educational, comedy, there are drama genres that, I mean, you can get on podcasts and somebody will have uh, dreamed up a whole entire world and they're walking through, walking you through like an episode in this world or something. Right. It's really, really cool stuff. Uh, if you're into the, what is it, Not, is it the phenomenological, I don't know that that's, that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, I think so. So if you're into like uh, the spirits or things like that, there's there's the ghost stories and all kinds of stuff that you <laughs> yeah, can science and history. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, history, it's yeah. pretty vast. Yeah. So check out podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Android Podcasts. If you don't have the apps on your phone, all you have to do is go to the App Store and, and type in podcast, download the app, and you have access. Or a lot of these places have their podcasts on their website as well. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a positive way to honestly like invest in your life mm-hmm. um, because it is. I mean, it is knowledge. Uh, someone told me the other day that they listen to podcasts. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. What do you like to listen to? And they said they listen to a sports podcast. And I kind of laughed because mm-hmm. I was yeah. like, well, that's there's no growth there. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, if that's the if that's your hobby, then obviously like you're getting something from that. But I would challenge you to listen to things that. Um, you know, or maybe uh, outside of your box, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that challenge you that, because uh, I, I mean, I listen to I mean, meditation podcasts, business podcasts, science stuff, I mean, therapy uh, podcasts, I mean, um, but it's, it's, it's nice because if you're doing something you don't really want to be doing, uh, mowing your yard or doing dishes or cleaning your home or whatever, or driving to work, um, you know, it's just nice to be able to, you know, instead of um, you know, just doing that thing and not really maybe having a good time. Like you can actually be learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, uh, you and I both have recently got into Audible. Oh yeah. Uh, so listening to books. Yep. Um, you know, I've been doing. We've been doing that. Both mm-hmm. of us have been doing that like crazy. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, and I think, you know, my parents, uh, when I was younger, you know, used to have a fit when I would listen to secular music <laughs> or mm-hmm. watch not, uh, not good uh, uh, movies or TV shows. But, um, uh, you know, and, I, and now I realize, you know, I understand, like, where they were coming from when I was younger. You know, it was like, oh, come on, you know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, now uh, realizing the benefit of listening to something positive and mm-hmm. listening to something that's rich in, uh, in knowledge mm-hmm. um, really can alter your mood. It can, it can, you know, give you self-esteem. It helps you to connect with community, which is what we've been talking yeah, about. Absolutely. To, to you know, to be able to have conversations. I mean, you feel a little more confident and interesting when you do interact with different mm. people because you can talk about an eclectic array of topics because you know you've listened to it and you didn't. You know, you don't really have to sit down and and read. You know, I mean, obviously reading is great, but yeah, yeah. at the same time, you know, you can. There's certain times throughout the day where we can, you know. Uh, listen to a book or listen to podcasts and you know knock out tasks and chores of the day while also growing mentally Mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah that brings up another topic um, that we probably could hit on with with the movie part but it's all interrelated I I know that you may also find yourself wanting to binge on video games Ah. Um, I I didn't include that in the blog but I probably should have it's a similar thing to binge watching Netflix though I know that a lot of people game for community now mm-hmm. uh, and so there's a lot of people that you're talking on the, uh, talking to and, and discussing things with that this is actually maybe a, a cool alternative to something like podcasts uh, maybe a cool alternative to gaming where you're not getting the visual stimulation and right. uh, maybe not getting that immediate the competitive yeah aspect. You're, you're not getting that but you are getting a sort of conversation with someone so it may be something that you want to try instead of gaming because again gaming you could get lost in this get lost in this alternate world right and then your depression is there as soon as you come back to this to this reality so yeah um and i think gaming just sometimes leaves leaves people feeling uh dissatisfied and and angry Mm because i mean you're not you know especially if you're playing online you're not uh I mean, you might have a couple of good rounds, but then, you know, you're all, t- typically you're frustrated and that's what keeps you coming back, you know, mm-hmm. it's just the, the stimulus that, you know, can be unhealthy when it goes on for hours and hours and days. Sure, sure, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and let's uh, we'll bounce around here a little bit. I, I think, I think the, um, let's get spiritual. That's what it labeled. <laughs> it had that song like, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, uh, being here in the Bible Belt Loop, uh, there's a there's a uh, many people are involved in spirituality, uh, religion particularly, uh, and depression is one of those things that uh, something that you could feel very sure about when you are not depressed. When you're depressed, all of a sudden it has a question mark behind it, um, like is this real? Um, and and what I encourage my clients to do is like. Put, put a pin in that thought, um, but I would not explore it while you're depressed. Um, hopelessness and helplessness really, really interfere with that sort of maybe more 
uh, as rationally as you can think about religion. Um, when you throw hopelessness and helplessness in there, it, it sort of decreases your ability to rationally think about it, though people would probably argue that some aren't thinking rationally anyway. Um, but I'm coming from the platform that you can think rationally about religion and spirituality. It, when you're depressed, though, your rationality with some of those things just it sort of plummets or is decreased. So maybe you put a pin in that and you continue the routine of religion, which I think is really uh, a great thing about religion, is there's a routine, there's a repetitive nature to it, there's a repetitive social engagement in, involved in it, and that can really be something that gets you through, just hitting the next marker. And I would encourage you, if you feel shame about that, well, I'm just doing this because it's habit. It's like, ah, no, like you're doing it because it's good for you, and you believed that it was good for you two weeks ago. So, so continue on that trajectory. Continue with the routine of it, even if your emotions are sort of wavering all around it. Some of the spiritual and religious truths that you may hold to, um, I am more familiar with Christian ones myself, uh, but even even uh, Buddhism or Hinduism or all across the board, there are hopeful messages in religion that are very, very helpful to plug into you're depressed so I say let's get spiritual like let, let's keep that a part of your life even if it just feels like an empty routine you you will thank yourself your future self will thank you uh, for doing that <clears throat> um, especially if you do that in a small group context or if mm -hmm. you have friends in a church that you can talk to or are um, or or a mass or where, wherever or a mosque wherever you're going uh, for for your religious engagement, if you have friends in that context that can hear you, talk to you, or yeah. just have a regular conversation with you, that's going to grieve along with you. Yeah, so, I mean, that's absolutely. Um, I think one of the biggest things that people fear is sharing that they're depressed in a religious context and yeah. being judged for it as if it's something something's wrong with them. Uh, or something maybe like people may give you the feedback like, oh man you, you just need to pray more or you need to yeah, hit if you were more fast. spiritual you wouldn't feel like this right yeah. um, too blessed to be depressed right because they comment stuff along those lines or even Same. I've heard demonic type of things where people yeah. because you have a yeah. demon of depression yep. Yep. Um, I, I would I would I would say that 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 reaction is a little fewer and farther between in reality. I'm not saying it doesn't exist because I've heard some interesting stories as far as religious response to depression. Uh, however, I, w I wouldn't let it deter you. Um, I'd maybe let that roll off your back like water off of a duck's wing, you know, just mm -hmm. kind of like fall away. Uh, because, like I said, the the routine and the relationship there would be important, though. I think it's pretty unlikely that somebody's just going to smear that in your face. I, I think, would hope not. Yeah, I, I would hope And not. if that's the feedback you're getting, it's kind of like, uh, <clears throat> it's just, you know, maybe it might help to get a second opinion. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, you can bring it up with your therapist. Yeah, um, bingo. You know, bingo, um, yeah. Uh, you know, there's uh, people have different outlook and different insight, and a lot of times their own um, uh, upbringing mm -hmm. and background kind of feeds into their feedback. Um, so, yeah, you know, if it's you know if it, if if something's not empowering to you, or you leave a conversation feeling a little more ashamed or guilty, I mean. I mean, talk to somebody else because I mean, ever you know, people are different. Mm -hmm. People have different outlooks. So. Yeah, absolutely, um, man. I'd, uh, so I. 
I would say some of the spiritual practices of prayer, meditation, mm-hmm. um, uh, and again, uh, so, uh, people may refer to it as dogmatic in a sort of shameful way, but I, I don't see it that way, particularly when you're depressed. Like remaining engaged in these sort of repetitive activities is, is going to be beneficial. There's um, an element of, of, of discipline mm-hmm. to what you're talking about. Yeah. And so don't break, you know, um, if you are feeling depressed, you're probably going to want to say, and especially if it's raining outside on a Sunday morning, you don't have to go to work. Mm-hmm. And so you can give yourself permission to sleep in late. We're really uh, you know, getting out, um, you know, going to your, um, well, could be Saturday, Sunday, whatever, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, getting out, going to your small group, going to your church, you know, what have you. Um, I really liked what you said about going to shows, mm-hmm. um, how there's kind of that, the, even though you may not have to um, actually verbally engage, like you're still part of that community. So, you know, if it's a tender moment and the, and the audience is crying, you're kind of crying with a community mm-hmm. or if everybody's laughing together, oh. where church is an experience that's like totally like that. Or, mm-hmm. I mean, I... I I don't know. I haven't been to a lot of other uh, denominations or religious uh, ceremonies, but you know, I assume there's a there's a similar feel to that. Yeah, a connected emotional response, right? Yes. You feel yeah. like a community community emotion going on, even if you are having trouble with the emotion, uh, showing it yourself, like decreased emotion or blunted right. emotion, like being in a context where emotions being shared. If you can contend with the shame in that moment, it can be really, really grounding. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm around a lot of people who are feeling, even though I can't right now. Um, that 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 right there could be very beneficial. Yeah. Um, I think that actually leads us into uh, another topic rather seamlessly, or at least my approach on this topic with sleep and and keeping a regular calendar. Yep. Uh, I'm not going to bore you with details. I actually just want to jump straight to the meat and potatoes of this segment. Um, and that is to, uh, with the shame and the guilt that comes along with depression, I think what I commonly see is that we throw away expectations altogether. Uh, it, it winds up getting our sleep off and our calendar off. We throw off expectations for fear of failing them. It's like, if I can't do it perfectly, then I'm not going to do it at all. Mm-hmm. But the problem with that is, is when you're depressed, not a lot is happening perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, and even your perception of it is a little bit skewed. So it may actually be going perfectly, but right. you're seeing it as yeah. something that isn't perfect. And the tendency is to just, I'm just going to chuck it. Uh, what I would say is this, <clears throat> look at your calendar, um, look at what you have in front of you, whether that's a work calendar, whether that's a family calendar, uh, deadlines you have to hit, centralize your energy and focus it into the activities that you have to get done. Uh, so take your energy and maximize it into the things that must get completed. Uh, when you do that, you're not expecting yourself to function at the level that you would if you weren't depressed. You're you're taking those expectations, and people always say, "Well, I, you know, I, you're just telling me to lower my expectations." That's actually not what I'm saying. I'm saying have less of them. Uh, I'm not saying lower the bar. I'm right. saying change the bar. Change the bar to something that you can accomplish, and take bites out of that elephant. Uh, it is going to be by far. Uh, the, the less shameful of approaches. But then you also don't have these periods in your year. Let's say this happens four times a year for you. You don't have this p- 
peri these periods in your year that totally derail all of the progress you've made in your career or your relationships the months prior. Um, and and so I, I would I think that that's a central message that I really wanted people to take away here. I don't know if you see that, Andrew. It's just people just give up. Yeah, well, I've, I mean, and, and I think one of the reasons we did this specific podcast is because we're seeing a lot of the seasonal affective type mm -hmm. stuff going on. Mm -hmm. And so what I have been seeing a lot of is students not going to class mm -hmm. and carrying a lot of uh, guilt and you know feeling overwhelmed mm -hmm. because they're not you know they have to get notes and they have to make up exams mm -hmm. and they uh, you know kind of have to humble themselves and go take some ownership to a professor you mm -hmm. know um, people calling in um, from work um, so yeah I'm, yeah that's kind of the stuff I've, I've been seeing so yeah. yeah I mean maintaining that that routine and prioritizing the stuff that you know kind of that that keeps you afloat mm -hmm. you know um, yeah I think it's totally legit <laughs> mm -hmm, absolutely and you know and i also hear to kind of tie a family aspect into this for moms and dads both i'll speak from a dad perspective i have three young children uh, and um, if i'm feeling low it, it it's harder to engage at the level with all three of my kids that i typically would if i'm not feeling low <clears throat> i wind up not doing as much with them or I might not be as emotionally present. And what I find is, is because I'm still trying to put out as much as I, as I, as I did when I wasn't feeling low, whether that's situational, whether that's uh, stress at work or just stress in my own mind or whether that's stress in my environment that's kind of pushing my mood down um, where, where I start to feel like a failure as a father. Now that's that is an ultimate backfire because I see shame as the giant like that was easy button. I don't know if you remember those Staples commercials where they had the big red button. It was like you hit it and it was like, that was easy. Yep. Shame shame I see is this big red button that you hit it and and like disengagement becomes really easy. Yep. Like you start to feel shame so you just pull away and you don't do anything. So as a as a dad, so that I don't feel like a crappy dad, because I don't believe I'm a crappy dad, but sometimes I feel that way. It's like I might not be able to play with my kids for three straight hours when I get home, yeah. and help with bath time and like get, you know, uh, get help my wife with uh, preparing a meal or her helping me prepare a meal or cleaning up afterwards. Like maybe I'm not be able to do all those things. Uh, so I'm picking three or four things that are going to be. I'm going to max out my energy in those three or four things, and my kids are going to know that I'm there for them in those activities. My wife is going to know that I'm there for her in those activities, and ultimately, I'm still going to feel plugged into my family in an unshameful way. Hmm. Um, so that that ties in some of the family aspect to this as well as trying to keep some regularity. You don't just give up and and sit. Uh, that will make things infinitely worse. Even if you just pick one thing, yep. do that one thing. Um, right. It's kind of yeah. like uh, I always tell my clients. It's kind of like cleaning your bathroom. Nobody mm -hmm. really wants to like go clean their bathroom, but nobody regrets it once it's done. Yeah, it just oh, takes precisely. a little bit of it just takes a little bit of motivation on the front end. Mm -hmm. You knock it out, and then you know you you've gained some momentum. You've moved around. You've mm -hmm. done something, and yeah. you know you feel you know the next time you go in your bathroom, you have this like oh that mm -hmm. that's nice. Yeah, look a, a practical tip too: incorporating movies and shows as a parent. Um, you know, I, we don't do a ton of screen time with our kids. Uh, however, 
if if my wife is maybe stressed or low or I'm stressed or low, like we could look at the kids and say, hey, you know, movie night, <laughs> something yeah, like it's that. A, it's like, more yeah. like a reward yeah. instead of just like Absolutely. a fixture. Absolutely. So it's like movie night. We ask the kids to pick out whatever they want. Kids shows tend to put you in a good mood because they're fun, they're light, they're, mm-hmm. they're lighthearted. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of times there's adult humor laced all in them uh, so you find yourself laughing and stuff but we just sit it doesn't require a lot of energy we just kind of hang out on the couch for 30 45 minutes snuggle up with some blankets and and the kids love it i mean they feel like we're just as present as if i was rolling around you know wrestling them on the ground or something it's just different and so you can see that's not a lowering of expectation on my part i don't feel that way it's a shifting of expectation altogether it's like i'm going to focus my energy into this thing that is a little bit easier for me to do um so or you could watch a ufc fight and then get to vacuuming yeah there you go, <laughs> there you go. for those of us who don't have kids <laughs> there's there's other options to get to vacuum it nice um so yeah, and, and we bring those all up as examples of how you can still stay plugged into your calendar, to things that you have to get done during your day, work-related and non-work-related, right. grocery shopping. Like, yep. like, I may not be able to go out for an hour and a half and pick up groceries. I may need to right. go out for the next 20 minutes and pick up what's essential, or right. like pull up the little app that somebody drops off your instacart yeah, yeah. Instacart. pay the extra 15 bucks yeah somebody, somebody will deliver your food to you yeah bingo <laughs> um, so you, you, we look at ways and, and maybe a good way of saying it is like to to contend with depression um you can work hard but there are ways you can also work smart with it yeah right. like that yeah. may be a good way of saying some of totally. what we're saying well yeah and i think part of you know what's going on in the brain i mean people who are depressed if they're you know if you look at a, a spec brain scan you can see you know gray areas mm-hmm. uh part the part of the brain i mean and this is not the case for everybody but the part of the brain who you know for motivation or for mm-hmm. impulse control you know those things can those areas of the brain can actually get murky during states of depression mm-hmm. so you know that's why prioritizing things that you have to get done instead of just being overwhelmed because you're kind of in a crisis mm-hmm. with some of the stuff that we've talked about the expectation the shame the guilt the kind of negative self-talk yeah uh you know you're you can kind of load yourself into more of like a panicky depression mm-hmm. um and you know so that's why it, it, it helps to to just make a list of priorities that way you're not just looking at the 50 things that needs to be done you can say okay these are the five things that i just need that i have to knock out mm-hmm. give yourself um a time period to knock it out mm-hmm. and then just get it done it's um one of the things i tell my clients is if um if you know if if people are coming to the house i can i can clean my house in 15 mm-hmm. minutes but if i have the whole day to do it it'll take me the whole day yes. to do it you Absolutely. know so if you kind of give yourself um you know a a schedule to say you know what like i've got things i've got to knock out this morning and then you can you know if you if you want if you just need to sleep then you yeah. you get your stuff your done rest. and then crash you know yep. but just make sure like you're you're prioritizing so that you're not doing things to actually fuel um and you know f- feel the depression and um you know neglect your your life goals mm-hmm. oh yeah and that fits seamlessly with sleep as well i think uh, because of because of that tendency to kind of isolate withdraw become tired sleep a lot yep. during the day uh, it can really really get your sleep cycles thrown off and what i would encourage you to do I, we don't have a ton of time to get into sleep hygiene 
check Google sleep hygiene or go on the blog there's a link in the blog where you can learn more about sleep hygiene and it's basically techniques that you can do to build yourself up to sleep well mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so I would really encourage you to check out sleep hygiene and also there are some great watches out there now that help you track your sleep uh, and tracking your sleep can be really helpful for knowing when you need to start trying to go to bed at night um, waking up in the morning I know is difficult and I don't really have an easy remedy easy remedy for that uh, I wish I did but well, a lot of um, a lot of studies show that you it's it's really important to wake up at the same time every uh, day like it doesn't you know they say try to go to bed at the same time but it's more important to wake up at the same time and generally when you do that like your biological clock is just going to wake you yeah. up yeah. um one of the one of the podcasts that i listen to a jocko podcast which you know i really like um he uh he has a stereo system <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's hooked to his alarm and so it'll blast like death metal music <laughs> like just first thing just like and so but it's across the room so he has to get up and yeah. uh, and listen to it. Actually, he has a um, he's got an alarm uh, that I, that's actually his voice that just really? like the like the alarm says, "Get up! <laughs> it's time to start your day. Get after it. If you're awake, turn this alarm off. If you're not, keep listening to me. Get up." <laughs> so, but I mean, anyway, you that's can awesome. you can kind of make it fun, you know, like yeah. um, you know, yeah. a lot of people. Um, uh, you know, I mean, I think it helps to put an alarm across the room, mm -hmm. um, especially if you're depressed and you're having a really hard time getting out of bed. Yeah. The whole, um, I know we're kind of getting, I'm sorry, I'm kind of getting into sleep hygiene a little go bit, but um, uh, the hitting the alarm 56 times, mm -hmm. uh, research shows is actually a, is, is a really bad, um, it actually makes like actually getting up very difficult. Mm -hmm. um, so I know most people hate me for that. But, yeah, but yeah, uh, that's but that's, button, man. but that's kind of a that's kind of a, that's a real thing. Yeah, so. they they like set us up for failure in that in a sense. Uh, they make it big and orange, at least on an iPhone. <laughs> so it's like you roll over and you see it, and it's big and it's orange, and it's it's the bigger button on the screen. It's not like <laughs> yeah. like you just you just no. hit that thing, man. It's not it's not ideal for waking up. But anyway. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, you, you do want to try and maintain some some good sleep rhythms in there. Like I said, if you check out some sleep hygiene techniques, yeah. and don't look at screens before you go to sleep. Yeah, thirty yeah. minutes before you go to bed. Absolutely. Just had to throw it out there. Yeah, or use uh, the night uh, the night. It's like a night light mode on your phone. I yep. forget what it's called. On I keep Apple. seeing the blue blocker glasses. Yeah. Keep. I don't know how effective they are, but mm. I they keep. I keep seeing the advertisement for that. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. so I. I think that's that, that kind of that at least covers some of the sleep and schedule right. um, some of the sleep and schedule things there uh, and I think I would love to um, I think maybe we can pick one to to one or two more to wrap up with um, let's talk about let's talk about counseling because uh, a stint of counseling may be necessary, right? Uh, of if, you're, if you're feeling low, uh, a counselor would be somebody really great to talk to if you're feeling down, especially if you don't have a social network 
that you feel you can be completely honest with, or if you don't have a social network at all, um, if you don't really have a network at your job or in your family, or, or if, if you're just having those thoughts, yeah, you know, you're just you're just lost in those thought cycles of grief and shame and guilt and mm-hmm. um, you know uh, that's that's the that's kind of the the beauty of counseling, you know. I mean, sometimes you know a person might have. Uh, a, a solid community around them, mm-hmm. um, but the the thing with that isn't it, and it's a wonderful thing. We all aspire to have a, a good community around us, but sometimes you know people give us feedback based off of their biased opinion, um, mm-hmm. you know, and their relationship with us. So sometimes, you know, it just helps to kind of process uh, with someone that you don't know that you so you know because sometimes it, it's hard to go to the dark places with uh, a loved one or a relative yeah, or a yeah. clergy member especially mm-hmm. um, you know because they have a you know them they you don't maybe you might not want to disclose you know some of the, the things mm-hmm. that you're going through maybe some of the the coping the ways that you're coping that might be negative through yes. addiction or pornography or yes. you know what have you so um, yeah. yeah definitely talking to a therapist mm-hmm. can can help you you know talk your way out of yeah. you know some of these uh, you know unhealthy uh, symptoms that you know you don't want to carry for forever right? oh, yeah. absolutely especially if you find that they're tied to things in your past mm-hmm. um, whether yep. that's maybe past trauma or the death of a loved one which I think they're probably in the same column for for a lot of people mm-hmm. uh, or it's maybe work-related stress, family-related stress, maybe the, the people that you would typically talk to are the people that are actually stressing you. Yeah, uh, and oh, so, yeah, yeah for so sure. Coming into, coming into counseling is a great way to process, you could process some of that stuff in the past in a confidential manner. Yeah. And, I mean, a counselor, we're trained to do this, but also it comes pretty naturally because we don't know our clients previously and and really there are so many aspects of life we don't know about our clients mm-hmm. there's an objectivity that we can have because we're not participating in the regular day right there's an objectivity that we can have that allows us to challenge some of those really negative thoughts that may not be grounded in reality right we can challenge those a metaphor that I often use is like it's somebody like you can picture depression as sort of a sinkhole and you're down in it and seeing a counselor is like having somebody stick their foot down in there with you but keep their other foot out of the hole right mm-hmm. and so you you have this partial commitment to be there with you but also there is a partial commitment to this other foot that's outside of the outside of the hole and is like hey our our goal is to eventually pull out of this thing, uh, and so I'm going to keep my foot up here, and, it, and that really does help you remain uh, remain somewhat objective to to give the feedback necessary, particularly to those really, uh, really, really negative self concepts that can start to formulate yep. in in depressive episodes. Counseling is also a great place to ask about medication. Mm-hmm. Um, counselors, at least in the state of Tennessee, I think there's two states out there where counselors can actually, like LPCs, master's level clinicians can, or, or M, I, don't know, I don't think it's MFTs, I think it's just LPCs can prescribe medication. But by and at large, that's not a, a practice. Um, usually a counselor cannot prescribe medication unless you're seeing a psychiatrist who also does counseling, which is a little rarer, uh, but it, that that is the case. Uh, but a counselor is going to be pretty knowledgeable, hopefully, knock on wood, that most counselors are going to be knowledgeable in, in when medication would be beneficial for you. So this is 
you're not signing up to see a psychiatrist you're not disclosing to your primary health care physician to, to, to talk about this stuff you're trying to get maybe a, a psychological perspective about medication and how it could be beneficial without committing to the medication yet like this is a great um, this is a great uh, counseling is a great place to do that and explore that route. Yeah, and to be able to kind of navigate and identify patterns. So there's uh, obviously like a, a difference in clinical major depression disorder yes. um, versus uh, phase of life adjustment, yeah, right? Where they're right. like, you know, you can you can do some of these techniques that we're talking about and kind of work out of that. But I mean, not, now that's not to say that a person with major depressive disorder can't do these same oh, things yeah, and they have, definitely can. have yeah. similar results. Yeah. Um, but in certain cases, certain times of life, you know, uh, medication is, is totally an appropriate mm-hmm. option. Yeah, that, totally. And and uh, we're seeing what's great. We're seeing a decrease in shame around medication or, uh, across the board, which is really nice. Uh, mm-hmm. The stigma around medication for um, for mental health concerns. I I would equate it to like if you have heart condition or you have high cholesterol I mean the longer like the longer you go without the medication the worse it can become it's like give the medication a shot see what happens sometimes it's only needed in a stint who knows and you can also see I want to reiterate that point from the beginning you can see where it's helpful in a lot of these points to map out your depression because some of the things we're talking about like when you're in the throes of it trying to engage these things and prioritize and, and it's 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 way more difficult than if two weeks before you're like Oof, yeah i kind of feel something coming on right now or yeah. historically this time of year really sucks for me right. uh, if you're thinking in that manner weeks ahead of time you can plan for this thing i know that's probably not what you want to do but right. um, you can and you can see where something like maybe talking to a counselor ahead of time like hey i think in a couple of weeks like things are going to get kind of bad for me in the mood place and we can help look back over the past okay so what are the concerns you've seen then and know too if maybe you you want to try and get in for medication a little bit sooner Um, so medication is pretty effective not effective for everyone um um, it's not a blanket cure but medication can be really effective for keeping the basement door on is another metaphor that i use Um, like depression kicks the basement door open and you can plunge down really deep Uh, medication kind of keeps that door bolted and you may smack the door but it's uh, that that medication is going to keep you from dropping low my m- a lot of times what people say to me is i don't want to be on a happy pill it's like well god yeah that that it's i understand really that yeah like antidepressants ssris specifically they're 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 not really it's not a happy pill it's more of a gray area pill yeah it's a it's a basement door pill yeah. but basically it keeps it keeps you from going too low uh, but it's not. You're not going to be super high either, unless you have bipolar disorder, right? So right. some of the some of the antidepressants can 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 send you up. If you're on bi- if you're bipolar, you you probably already know this. If you're bipolar, but would want a mood stabilizing um, right. uh, medication, not an antidepressant. Though I'm not a psychiatrist, I'm not a medical professional. Um, uh, so that's something you would want to talk about specifically with a psychiatrist or, or a PCP. Um, so. And the cool thing, you were talking about the, the stigmatism of, of uh, pursuing med management for mental health issues. Also, I mean, the, uh, a couple of the agencies that you know, we refer to, 
they require um, uh, therapy along um, to be mirrored with med management. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, um, I mean, research shows that you know when there is med management and counseling yes. at the same time, like it's you know there's there's a higher level of effectiveness when a person is appropriate for med management. Um, you know, versus only doing, uh, you know, medications or only doing counseling. Right. right. Um, you know, so, but, you know, sometimes, you know, only doing counseling is, is, is enough. Yes. But, you know, in those cases, doing both is, is incredibly helpful. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think we'll pick one more, um, one more to wrap up on. Uh, and I, I think... I think I think this is just a chapter is a good one to wrap up on yep. for this, especially if you you know if, if you don't have enough time to listen to the next one, we'll we'll sift through uh, the ones that we miss. But this one's sort of lower to the bottom, lower on the bottom. This is not necessarily a. I guess it's a way to to fight with depression. It's more of a mode of thinking. Um, it's helpful. For anybody listening to know that most forms of depression ebb and flow, um, and they ebb and flow on a sort of cyclical basis, but they can be a singular episode. The the thing that I would like to get through, and and there are disorders that don't apply to this, but the vast majority of mood disorders or reasons why you might have depression in your life adhere to this principle. It's going to alleviate at some point. Mm -hmm. Like it's got, you're going to come back up at least to your normal baseline. You're going to come back up, and a lot of times, if you're if you're watching on video, it kind of like looks like this mountain range down, and then a mountain range back up. It's not like a smooth down and a smooth up. There might be days, and in those days, you feel fine. You feel almost like your normal self for four yep. or five hours, and then you feel yourself sort of slowly dip back down in the rest yep. of the day. It's it's important to know though that um, the the <clears throat> the the cycles of depression uh, usually you're going to see them between uh, an episode last um, a clinical episode anyway from uh, two weeks up to a month and sometimes farther along than that but it's good to remember like this is just a chapter of your life this mood that you feel right now is not the rest of your life you may experience it at different times in your life but but you generally are going to come up now instances where that's not the case um, are sort of more rare disorders or sometimes disorder sometimes trauma can really really wreak havoc over periods of time um, that are longer than what you would typically see in a depressive so substance abuse can keep you trapped in, in that for a long period of absolutely time sure. yeah i mean I, and one of the points i will touch on right now alcohol particularly Yes. Like excessive alcohol use, um, and, and particularly excessive alcohol use. You, if you're depressed and excessively using alcohol, you're numbing. You, you feel like you're numbing. Uh, the you're numbing things out. However, alcohol is an alcohol is a depressant. So you can imagine being depressed and taking a depressant. Twenty four hours after you take that out, after you take in that alcohol, yep. your body is is going to go haywire on you, um, and your brain as well. Like depression is happening in the brain primarily, right. uh, and so yep. 
it, it's affecting your brain, it's affecting your thoughts, it's affecting your gut responses to things, and, and what you put into your gut actually matters. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, I mean, what I, what I tell my drug and alcohol clients, it's like, it's like slapping a Band-Aid on a bullet hole. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not fixing the problem. Sure. Um, it's, it's only temporarily, um, uh, I guess, numbing out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, these things that we're talking about, doing counseling, uh, taking care of yourself, taking care of your mind, taking care of your body, creating uh, discipline and healthy habits for yourself, like those are things that will, um, you know, help you to, to manage the states while you're in the depression, mm-hmm. um, you know, but, it, you know, also help you to maybe hopefully, you know, have a lifestyle, uh, have a, a lifestyle of, you know, more, more up here than yeah. down here, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, I mean, it, alcohol will when you're when you're intoxicated will spike your serotonin mm-hmm. levels, with, which make you feel pretty good. Um, but it kind of depletes uh, those serotonin levels. So the next day, that's when we have hangovers. That's when we feel more anxious. Mm-hmm. That's when we feel more overwhelmed and depressed. So what do we do? We have to get those levels back up. So we drink more. Yeah. Um, that's why they say you know if you have hair of the dog, you know to mm-hmm. drink first thing the next day and you'll be okay. Uh, unfortunately, it's just an ever-ending yeah. cycle. And also, I mean, alcohol keeps uh, keeps your body from regulating oxygen through the blood the, the way it needs to. Your o- and your brain definitely needs oxygen, and it's um, uh, it dehydrates you. Eighty uh, percent of your brain is water. Um, so if you're dehydrated, you're not getting the oxygen you need. You're not getting the serotonin you need. Um, you're you're gonna feel in the dumps and yeah. if you've if you're a daily drinker then it's going to prolong mm-hmm. uh your your state of depression so yeah. and marijuana does the same thing yeah, <laughs> yeah does, uh, you might want to edit leave that yeah. out <laughs> we can talk about that yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah we might have a whole podcast yeah. we we'll just call it mary jane um i yeah so I, a caveat with the alcohol use as well like if you're listening to this and you think okay i need to cut back my alcohol consumption if you're a long-term heavy drinker um, you might need some support in doing that medical and and social uh, so talk to your primary care if, if you're if you're binge drinking multiple times in a week or you've been drinking uh, I would say if you drink three or more drinks an evening maybe yeah. even two or more drinks depending because uh, people always say they only have two beers, but they're drinking 40. So yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. If you're doing that every evening for the last 10 years, you, yeah. you're probably going to need a little medical support. I don't want right. to scare you, um, but but you'll you'll have some physical withdrawal symptoms that are yeah. going to be super uncomfortable for you. And it can yeah. be dangerous. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and honestly... Um, uh, if you are in that in that in that range, um, it, it can it, there's you know there's a there's a pride aspect um, that goes into it. Uh, a lot of people have detoxed on their own, and just because you've maybe done it um, two or three times in your lifetime and been okay, um, you never know because you've you know in between those times you've put years uh, more kind of packing on with the the, the alcohol abuse. So. Um, you know, maybe there's just there's some detox protocols that you can that you can go through to, uh, you know, to ensure your safety um, because you are. I mean, the likelihood of having a seizure or stroke and coming off uh, alcohol after daily use or long-term binge drinking is is very high. Yeah. 
So, and that's all ages. That's not, mm-hmm. you know, you don't mm-hmm. have to be 70 years old, but I mean, yeah, you, I mean, yeah, yeah, we, uh, it yeah. could happen to us or anyone, but we don't, we don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we try and stay away. From anyway. <laughs> we avoid the binge drinking. Yeah. Um, well, I, you know, I hope that in listening to this today, you guys have found some things beneficial, helpful. Again, if you have questions about what we're talking about in this episode, um, you can email us at either admin at intro in, intro <laughs> <laughs> admin at infotraverse.com. It'll be in the link in the podcast as well as in the um, as well as in the in the YouTube links. Uh, or contact at infotraverse. We might start moving over to that. And I think this week I'm probably just going to create a podcast at intro info traverse that'd probably be the, the yeah. easiest way to do things so totally. uh, be on the lookout for that any of those are fine and again our phone number 423-310-8206 if you have questions about anything that we've talked about today feel free to punch a text through and we'll answer them in our next segment also i'm going to give you a little highlight of what we'll go over in our next segment as well um, some of the things that we didn't hit on uh <coughs> Namaste, which is, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about yoga and body movement, meditation as well, um, art and creativity. Uh, that That is actually a very powerful one that I'm excited to go over with everyone. We'll go over that. I like to move it, uh, which is going to talk about working out, uh, making sure that your body's moving, and maybe some something that you can do during the time of being depressed uh, that, that could be successful. A volunteer to pet a pet that one is really cool you'll just have to tune in i'm not going to blow that one uh kick the booze we just kind of hit on that one we might touch on it a little bit more um map it out and set a goal so goal setting ahead of time that is a really powerful one as well uh, we're going to talk about journaling um road trips the power of a road trip uh we'll talk more about socialization um We'll talk about considering vitamins and then... Um, Maybe go into what vitamins to... Yeah, some, some vitamins that you can try out. Um, that will naturally feed into... <laughs> naturally feed into talking about food. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, uh, also museums and aquariums. That, that's a really cool one as well. So that's, that's a little snippet into what we'll get into in our next segment. Um, again, if you have any questions want us to go in more depth about what we've talked about today, please get a hold of us. We'd love to hear from you. Um, we'll do probably a little bit more of a primer. I'm sure after this, you and I will think of all kinds of things that we probably could have said, um, right. and we'll say them at the next one. <laughs> yeah. um, so anything in closing, Andrew, you want to add to that? or? or? No, man, I think you summed it up. All right, so. right on. Well, thanks for tuning in again, guys um, and gals. We will... We will see you and, uh, or you will hear from us in another week. Hopefully we'll, we'll have the next segment recorded in a week and we'll, we'll put that out. This should be up as soon as possible. So yep. thanks right. again. And uh, remember to check us out online. We have a cool blog and we have some social media out there. Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr, Pinterest, um, we're on LinkedIn. Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, we're on all of them. So uh, find us, follow us, keep posted with what we put out there. MySpace. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> I, I don't even know. I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. But I don't think um, it is. Uh, anyway, well, you guys have a good, good rest of your day, good evening, whatever part of the day you're in, and we'll catch you next time. See you. You have been listening to the Counselor's Chair, sponsored by Traverse Counseling Services. For more information, visit our website at www.traversecounselingservices.com or email us at contact at infotraverse.com. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you will join us next time for our second installment of Coping with Depression. This podcast was recorded and produced by Josh Zello, and music installment is provided by Joel Harris Music. Thank you.